Welcome in. Happy Black Friday. It is Sharpening the Edge, week 13. That's Lucas Rhyming. I'm Dennis Fithian. It's great to be with you. We are here each and every week selecting nine games and items, parlays and props, Michigan, Michigan State, the Lions, three best bets and a lock of the week. We won't have the Lions because Lucas yesterday they went down in flames on Thanksgiving to the Packers. How you doing? Doing well. It, yeah, it was a tough, tough game to watch yesterday for the Lions. Uh, Lions fans out there are used to them losing on Thanksgiving, unfortunately. Uh, don't really know if there's any big conclusions to be drawn from that game, but at the very least, I've talked about it a few times this year. I really think that secondary has shown some cracks, and Jordan Love hasn't been the most accurate passer this year, so... That was concerning to see him have a really good game against the Lions secondary. Uh, we'll see how that finishes out throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, excited to – it's rivalry, rivalry week, college football. So a lot of big games uh, we'll be able to hit on and talk about this week. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, ready to go. Yeah, you know, the Lions have done a really good job. You know, Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell and everything. And, you know, it was, a, it was a shame how they played yesterday. But sometimes the fans get it right. You know, it was the trading deadline, and the Lions just sat there, and they're kind of like, we like our team and where we're at. And everybody's like, hey, how about, you know, adding some help on defense? You know, people – any every Lions fan that I knew and talked with, they're like, yeah, I kind of wish they would have went out and did something and it would have been – you know, help the defense a little bit. And you watch it the last two weeks and say, yeah, maybe the fans knew what they were talking about, but uh, you know, the fans don't always get it right. But in that case, I think they, they did have it right, but it is, uh, it's really great. You know, my mother-in-law was talking to her yesterday, you know, she was like, so Thanksgiving's kind of like Sunday. And then she's like, well, tomorrow you get a, you know, it's so like, that's kind of like Saturday and then Saturday, Saturday. And so, so you got four, you know, days. It's crazy. Then if you are also, everyone's a football fan. If you're also a college basketball fan with all these tournaments and everything, it's just, uh, it is, uh, you need multiple TVs. I can only handle two games at once, but I, you know, I've seen setups where people like, you know, 10 games and, you know, this would be the weekend. If you like, you know, watching 10 games at once or four, whatever, multiple games, you know, this is the, this is the stretch to do it. Lucas. Yeah. I've got uh YouTube TV. Which is uh, like the quad box is what I normally watch on Saturday. So you can keep an eye on a bunch of games. They have like four. But I, I really wish that you could pick different, like pick which games you want to see and like how many, you know, whether that's two or four or whatever. Uh, but you can't do like cross sport either. So it's like you can't watch the best basketball and the best football game, uh, which is something I wish they'd add. But uh, maybe maybe in the future, uh, if YouTube TV, if you're listening, that's an idea for you. Uh, but yeah, so it's, there's a lot to watch. It's hard to keep an eye on everything that you might want to. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great things to watch this weekend. Um, so it's always exciting. This is got a great four days of sports here, uh, to watch whatever you want to. And most people have off of work, so it's, it's convenient timing as well. Quad box sounds fun. And, you know, I predict in the future that you will be able to mix it and match. So I don't know how soon, but I do predict that, uh, I would say within uh, a year. How about that? All right, let's get to it. Let's pick some games. All of these games pale in comparison to the one tomorrow in Ann Arbor at the big house. You know, Michigan favored anywhere by three, three and a half and four. I'm saying three and a half as I sit here. As I look at this game, you know, there's there's two 
things in this game, the two things that I really like about Michigan, I like a lot of things about Michigan, but the two things that give me a little bit of pause is not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. I don't know if Sharon Moore's been there three times and he's three and oh, and all those games, you know, there's been situations where I wondered if it had been different if Harbaugh would have been down there. So a little bit uneasy about not having Harbaugh down on the sideline. And then I think the difference is going to be J.J. McCarthy. And yet I'm not sure J.J. McCarthy is 100%. So, but even with those uh, two unknowns, I think J.J. is going to be close to 100%. Nothing will ease my mind more than seeing some precision passing in the early going or a nice little 10-yard run by J.J. who steps out of bounds and thinking, okay, McCarthy is going to be, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy. And so with that, I know um, everyone that's watching now wants to see the maize and blue prevail. They don't care if it's by one or 30. I have Michigan winning this game and covering 25-20 over the Ohio State Buckeyes tomorrow. Unfortunately, we got our first fight of the week. Um, I have some of the same concerns that you do, and that's part of why I'm picking the Buckeyes here. Um, I like A lot has been made about the quarterbacks in this game with Cal McCord and J.J. McCarthy. I really believe Trevion Henderson is the key, and he's kind of the most important player in this game. Uh, Michigan's defensive line has been surprisingly like mediocre, kind of against Penn State, stopping the run. They had a lot of success running both at them and kind of outside the tackle box. In Ohio State, they really like to run that stretch play kind of get outside those defensive ends. Michigan's defensive interior has been really, really good. But I think Michigan's, if you're running at their edges, I think that's something that can be successful. And in terms of like the athleticism and the strength of offensive lines that they've played, comparably to Penn State, Ohio State is really only the only one on their schedule who has those types of linemen who have the athleticism and the strength that might be able to give Michigan's edges some issues um, on, and stopping the run and some run fits and the linebackers. Trevion Henderson's kind of the key to that entire offense, in my opinion. Without him, it puts a lot of the pressure on McCord to make the plays and drive down the field. And I don't think against this Michigan defense, that's the path to success if you're an Ohio State fan. Uh, but then on the other side of the ball, Michigan, Ohio State's defense is really, really good. But I really do wonder if there are some weaknesses on that defense that they just haven't been exposed yet because they haven't played an offense capable of exposing them. It's just the way Michigan's offense has played the last couple of weeks. I don't have a ton of confidence that this is going to be the week that everything for Ohio State's defense gets exploited. J.J., like you mentioned, a little banged up. Roman Wilson missed a lot of last week. Have to wonder if he's going to be fully healthy there as well. The ground game for Michigan just hasn't fully clicked outside of that Penn State game, uh, arguably. They weren't really dominating the line of scrimmage last week against Maryland. I know they have a bunch of offensive linemen banged up as well. I think that's probably a part of that too. Maybe this is the game where everything changes and maybe they've been holding stuff close to the vest all year, saving their best stuff for this game. That's certainly possible. But in terms of recommending betting, I just don't believe that that's likely. And I think with Sharon Moore being the head coach, the acting head coach, offensive coordinator, and the offensive line coach, I just think there's too much on his plate in games. And I, and I think you're kind of seeing that effect uh, throughout the offense. J.J. just looks like a different player when he's got Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. He looks more loose and more relaxed. Got to think some of that experience that Harbaugh's had with quarterbacks plays a role in how J.J. plays when Jim Harbaugh is on the field. So all that being said, I think uh, not having Harbaugh is probably going to be the uh, biggest factor in how this game plays out. I got Ohio State winning 27-21, to 21, unfortunately. Well, uh, 
nobody that I'm looking over on the, the feedback agrees with you, but that's to be expected. But we do appreciate your honesty, not just picking Michigan just because you, uh, you know, you're on the Maze and Blue Review staff. So that's good. Uh, we do appreciate that honesty. And we all hope that you're wrong. Speaking, having a lot on uh, their plate, you should have seen me uh, yesterday. Let's go to uh, Michigan State and Penn State. Spartans getting uh, 22 and a half. I guess they're at home. They're going to play this one at Ford Field, which is weird. And considering the season this year, you just wonder how many fans that Michigan state is actually going to have down there at Ford field. So I don't know that part is weird. Uh, Michigan state picking them is weird as well. And yet when I went through it, I think this one's going to be really close to the number. I see 22 and a half out there. And uh, at some point, you know, I do have to take Michigan state and I don't think that they're going to have any chance at winning this game, but I do think they have a chance and a better than 50% chance at staying within 22 and a half. That's why I'm going to take Michigan State plus 22 and a half against Penn State. Going to fight you again here. Um, really, the kind of like the reason that I believe that uh, they're going to have some issues playing Penn State is they only traveled like 45 scholarship players last week against Indiana. They are quote unquote banged up, uh, which to me is kind of code for not sure how many players will be here next year. Not sure how many of the coaching staff will be here next year. Having that low of a scholarship count is is going to come back to bite you, especially against a team like Penn State, who's got more of that depth that you have. And I think if you're looking at Penn State's offense, Drew Aller obviously hasn't had the year that a lot of Penn State fans have wanted him to have, given that he was a five-star recruit, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the country in his cycle, and he finally had uh, kind of the, the playing time that Penn State fans have wanted him to see after sitting behind Sean Clifford last year. Then they draw a Michigan State team uh, that on the back end has had a really hard time covering much of anybody uh, with that secondary that's been their weakness in the last few years. I think this is kind of a get-right game for Drew Aller, and I think that Penn State running game will keep Michigan State's defense uh, on the field for a lot of plays. I think kind of as the game goes along, it might be like a 7- or 10-point game at halftime, but I got Penn State pulling away in the second half here. So I will take them to cover that 22-and-a-half. And I got uh, a little bit more on this game later. So. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, well, let's get to our, our best bets. And for these, I went with a lot of these uh, games that are in the marquee, and it's going to start tonight at 7.30, Texas and Texas Tech. If you like the Longhorns, you got to give up 14. And I know Texas is trying to uh, show out so they can you know, get to the Big 12 championship game, so they can possibly get one of those four spots and everything else. So they would love to put a big number up on Texas Tech. Meanwhile, if you look, Longhorns have mostly struggled to put teams away, with the exception of BYU. And that's why I think that Texas Tech hangs around here and keeps it within 44, uh, keeps it within 14. Sorry. I like the uh, the Red Raiders plus the 14. Uh, Oregon has been really good this year. They're taking on Oregon State. That game is also tonight at 830 Uh, The easy play here is to think, man, Oregon, they just put up so many points. But, you know, this Oregon State team, they have the kind of team, a running back, an offensive line, and uh, an all-right defense that should be able to keep this game close as well. I was impressed, even though it was in the rain, how the Beavers were able to keep it close uh, last week with the Huskies. I'm taking Oregon State. And the 14 points here. So two 14-point favorites. I'm going with the the dogs 
in both of them, Texas Tech and Oregon State. And then Alabama's favored by 13 and a half of the Iron Bowl over uh, Auburn. I think this was a lot like uh, Georgia-Tennessee last week. I see uh, Alabama, their trajectory and just where they're headed. And uh, this game here, I will take the favorite in this one to cover the 13 and a half. I'll have a little bit more in the props, um, the Crimson Tide, but I'll take uh, Alabama minus the 13 and a half at Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I was almost right there with you on Bama. Kind of decided against it. There's another bet in that game I like a little bit more. Mm. So uh, I'll just start with that one. I got the under 47 and a half Alabama Auburn. Uh, Auburn's offense is not very good. Peyton Thorne hasn't had a good year. Obviously, transferred from Michigan State. They're rotated quarterbacks at times a lot throughout the year, but they're also kind of a mediocre running team. So they go like a mediocre running team who's struggled at quarterback going up against the Bama defense that I think is still one of the best in the country. I just don't think Hugh Freeze has the skill talent and the players that he has, that he wants to be able to run uh, what he does on offense. I just don't think he has the pieces to run what he wants to. And I think this Alabama defense is going to have a really good game. Not going to quite shut them out, but I do think they're not going to be able to put up many points against that defense. And then the reason that I ultimately didn't go with Bama's, Bama to cover in this one is I'm not fully convinced that Alabama's offense is suddenly like fixed. I think it's kind of like a recent scheduling thing where they haven't really faced a good defense in the last few weeks. So their offense looks a lot better if you're looking at like the box score and the stats and stuff like that. But then you kind of dig a little bit deeper. You go into like who they're playing. I talked about this uh, like a month ago. LSU was missing their top four corners when they were playing Bama. I would say they had a good game there. Kentucky's defense has had issues stopping with some of the better offenses that they've faced. So the, those kind of the teams that Bama's putting up better offensive performances against lately. But I think that's a lot of just scheduling and who they're playing. Uh, really weird things seem to happen in this game every single year. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be able to keep it close for a little bit before the uh, Crimson Tide pull away late. I got the Crimson Tide winning 28-16. to 16, So it was pretty much right around that spread. Um, but I got uh, the under 47.5 is my favorite one. And that one, uh, I got another under Washington and Washington State. I think uh, it's, I've been pretty impressed, honestly, with how Washington's performed the last two weeks. Their offense hasn't been as explosive lately, but they are still really good. Uh, they're they're not quite playing to the same level that they were early on in the year. Jalen McMillan's one of the best wide receivers in the country. He's been banged up, has missed a lot of Washington's last few weeks. Uh, he's been out for almost two months now, playing in and out of the lineup sparingly. Still got uh, Adunze and Jalen Polk, who's underclassman. They've both been really good on the outside. But I think their offense, the, complex, the whole complexion changes when you got three really good receivers that you have to defend instead of just the two. Um, so I think, but I have also been impressed that they keep winning. Um, they've done it against some pretty good teams. Their, their defense has actually come along kind of nicely in these last month or so as well. I think like showing the ability to win different games is pretty impressive to me. And with this Washington State team, they got obviously it's a rivalry as well. Cam Ward at quarterback for Washington State has got some receivers he can throw the ball to. But I got this one as more of like a 35 to 20 type of ball game. So I really like that under 67 and a half there. And then Arizona, Arizona State. I'm going to take the Wildcats, team you bet on quite a bit this year. I have this number closer to 17 instead of the 10. So I'm going to take that, crossing a couple of key numbers that, are, that I really like uh, in terms of value. Arizona State's had a, a pretty bad year. Uh, true freshman quarterback, Jaden Rashada, started the year. He got hurt very early on. Had a pretty public divorce over NIL issues with Florida last year. Um, he started this year, been hurt. 
Um, they really just struggled to throw the football all year since he went down. Then the last few weeks, they scored three against Utah, 17 against UCLA, but they only put up like 250 yards of scrimmage in that game. So it's even a little bit fluky that they even got to the 17 and then 13 against Oregon last week. But 10 of it was after they were down 43 to nine or 49 to three, excuse me, in garbage time there. So not putting up good consistent offensive numbers against the defenses that they've played in the last month or so. Then when you look at Arizona's defense, it's actually been surprisingly comparable to Utah, UCLA, and Oregon. So I really got the uh, Wildcats shutting down this Southern Devil offense that's had trouble moving the football, and a, and a defense is playing pretty well. I got Arizona winning 28-13, to 13, so I'll take them to cover that 10.5 there. I like that pick. I thought about that one all day long. That's uh, Lucas Rymink and his uh, trio of picks. We've got a prop and a parlay. And I'm going to throw both of those uh, your way. Looked um, at the Michigan game. I'm all maize and blue in this uh, prop. I thought about uh, J.J. McCarthy scoring a touchdown plus 320. But then I went back and said, how can I? I'm not just. I'm not sure he's 100%. So I'm not going to bet uh, J.J. McCarthy there. I don't know if that was uh, put in, baked in with the plus 320 or not. But so I stayed away from that one. And then I started looking at Blake Corum. And, you know, you can get any time touchdowns and things like that if I just wanted to look for a W. But what I'm looking for is Michigan to win. And I've got uh, I've got Blake Corum just for the prop. If he goes over 100 yards plus 160, I like the plus 160 with Blake Corum over 100 yards. So that is my prop and my parlay. I'm going to go to the Iron Bowl and I'm going with anytime touchdowns from the quarterback and the running back from Alabama. That's Jalen Milrow. He scores every week, and so does Jason McClellan. Uh, those guys, they both score anytime touchdown plus 130. That's my parlay, the, the Tides touchdown scores, and then Blake Corum over 100 yards plus 160 for my prop. Not bad. Uh, for my parlay, it's the same game parlay. Um, mentioned that I had more on the Penn State-Michigan State game, and this is where that comes into play. My parlay is the same game parlay in the Penn State-Michigan State game. I got Penn State to win in under 42 and a half. Um, I really think there's a chance that Penn State is going to shut them out in this one, so it's kind of a matter of how many points do they put up on offense themselves. I have this game projected out to like a 35-7 to type of ball game. So that would give me both of that under and the Penn State win. No way there should be plus odds, in my opinion. I think this is more likely to hit than not. So it should be minus odds instead of plus odds. I really like that plus 105 there that you're getting with that. And then I am going to take JJ's passing yards over. So fun fact, Ohio State actually hasn't allowed a passer to go over 205 passing yards all year. But like I mentioned, I really think that's kind of part of it is just because the Buckeyes haven't faced a good passing attack. Uh, all year, and I think Michigan, in terms of the analytics and the EPA per passing attempts and all that stuff, they're very good. They're like top five, top ten of the country, depending on which metric you're looking at. Um, so I think this is the best passing attack that Ohio State's faced all year. They love to play cover one, cover zero. They played a ton last year, so that's very, uh, it's very pressure heavy. They're going to bring the house. They're going to want to get after JJ and try and stop their run as much as they can, and that's going to leave them exposed a little bit on the back end. Um, I think Roman Wilson could have a big day if he's going to be fully healthy. I think the tight ends will both have a good day if they're, if they're healthy. I think the passing attack for Michigan is the better matchup for me on paper. 
uh, versus the rushing attack. And I think no matter if they're winning or not, I think Michigan's going to want to open up that passing game to at least show Ohio State that they do have to respect the pass and the run. And obviously how we saw that kind of how that went last year. It was a bunch of big plays. I don't think it'll be like the same kind of offensive explosion through the passing game we saw last year. But I think uh, I still I still do think they're going to have success throwing the football against this Ohio State defense. I just think it's going to be more of a struggle to run the ball than you might expect. So I got JJ going over is 198 and a half is the uh, the line that I saw, and I like that. Uh, I like to to go over there. All right, uh, we have the parlays and the props. That leaves us with just our lock of the week. And for this one, I am going to the Wisconsin Minnesota game and I am taking the under 42 and a half. Uh, the whisk I've uh, hit on this one last week or the week before. I'm not uh, sure which one, but I look at uh, these two teams and I look at that total and this looks more like a, you know, 17, 13 type ball game to me. So I'll gladly uh, go with the under 42 and a half Minnesota hosting Wisconsin for my lock of the week. Nice. Uh, my lock of the week, I'm going to take UCLA nine and a half against Cal. Um, Cal's offense is pretty much ran through Jay Knott, uh, which is their star running back there. He's a really good player. He'll be in the NFL either next year or the year after that. And then on the other side, UCLA's defensive line is really, really good. One of the best defensive lines in the country, pretty underrated nationally, in my opinion. I know it was FC's defense that they were playing last week. Um, so kind of take a girl with a grain of salt. Obviously, USC's had issues stopping anybody on offense all year. Uh, but I thought UCLA's offense kind of took a step forward last week. That showed some consistency, being able to move the chains, both with the run game and the pass. I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage against Cal, pretty much this whole thing. I got them winning 34-17. to 17. Uh, One of the X factors uh, for me in this game as well, another reason why I like it. Chip Kelly's that kind of leaked a couple weeks ago that his job status is in question. Um, it was leaked that he was going to be fired regardless of what happened um, against USC. Obviously, they go and win a blowout game. If they come out and show a good effort again against this one, they'll finish 8-4. and four. And if they cover this spread like I believe they will, it'll have to be a couple impressive wins uh, towards the end of the year against in-state rivals. I think they're going to have a hard time getting rid of Chip Kelly if that's how it does go down, uh, like I believe it will. I think there's going to be a lot of extra innovation there for Chip Kelly and his staff to make sure that they can buy themselves at least another year. And, and if you're UCLA's administration, I don't really understand why eight and four is like a fireable offense. I mean, it's, it's UCLA, obviously, beating USC is going to be really nice whenever they can do that, uh, given the status of the two programs and moving to the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know, like eight and four to me just doesn't seem like a fireable offense to get, want to get rid of Chip Kelly. Maybe they still do it regardless of how this game goes. Maybe that's uh, already written like it leaked a couple weeks ago. But I think there's going to be a lot of motivation uh, for Chip and the UCLA team to go and show out uh, against the in-state rival yet again. So I really like them to cover that nine and a half there. Uh, very good reasoning. I, I am with you on that. The only thing I can think of in the administration is that you know that Dante Moore from Detroit was going to Oregon with a, a lot of promises of millions of dollars and playing time and everything else. And then UCLA came over the top to be able to land Dante Moore. So they, uh, they are out there uh, opening their checkbook and making promises, illegal promises. Uh, there are new big 10 brethren to, you know, bring players in. So they might not be so hot on the coach 
considering all the cash that they laid down to get some of their players. So uh, I could, that, that's the angle that I could see why they might be mad, but uh, I can see what you're saying, you know, about going out there and get in getting the victory and uh, the motivation for the team and everything else. They don't care. Uh, they're all happy that they got uh, the money. All right. Um, you know, usually I root. I do not usually. I, I always root for your picks, except when they go against mine. And then this one going against uh, Michigan, everyone's rooting against you, Lucas, but uh, you, you, you picked with your head, not with your heart. We appreciate that. Have a great weekend. And we look forward to talking with you next week, hopefully about uh, how Michigan will do in the big 10 title game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there. I would love to be wrong. That's just, that's just how I see it going. So it's unfortunate. Uh, it's, it's just too much for me to pick against uh, the Buckeyes in this one, but yeah, I would love to be wrong. Not rooting very hard for Michigan to win, obviously. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we're talking about them playing Iowa next week in Indianapolis. So, yeah. Well, it might be uh, if it if it goes the right way, you might be getting some text tomorrow after the game. <laughs> All right, enjoy it. We'll talk with you next week. <laughs> Smash those like buttons.